It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we get, we get shy, we get nervous thinking about maybe inviting somebody to church. Why should we do that? You know, we were, the Holy Spirit was poured out so that we could be witnesses. God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but, but of power and love and of a sound mind. We need to be excited about inviting somebody to come and worship with us and getting to know Jesus better because uh, their life depends on it. Eternity depends on it. Amen? We've got to get a, a sense of urgency about what God is doing. This is his focus. And if this is his focus, this is where we need to just focus in and, and be obedient to him. Hallelujah. Say, you cannot win if you're not all in. You cannot win if you're not all in. You know, if, if you were playing some sport and uh, you were just sitting on the sideline and the coach said, go, go get him. You go, no, I'm just going to sit down here. And, well, you can't win if you're not in. Amen. I believe that Jesus is saying, get in the game, get in the game. And we're saying, oh, I'm a little tired. <sighs> it's too hot. <laughs> it's too hot out. I don't want to get in the game. Oh, wow. Texas football. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, and up north, it's nice and cool when you play football. Down here, it's horrible. And I used to think about that. I thought, man, this is horrible. But you know what? Those football players, I don't hear them griping about it. They're ready. They let put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Let me go in. Let me go in. That's what we ought to be. We ought to be standing right there by the coach. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, if he moves this way, just kind of move with him. Like, you know, I'm just kind of watching the game, coach. But I'm right here if you need me. <laughs> we need to be right there. Let the Holy Ghost to look at it and say, okay, get in there. I need you. I need you. Amen. Watching for divine opportunities. You cannot win if you're not all in. When we started off this, uh, this year, we talked about 2017 is a year of victory. And what that God was going to give us victory throughout this year. We didn't know all the details at that particular time. But you know what? The greatest victory that we can have is when we help and assist someone out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Hallelujah. All right. Now, next Monday. Who knows what next Monday is? Not, not tomorrow, but next Monday, August the 21st. The Lord's been dealing with me about this solar eclipse, and uh, I'm excited. I thought I was going to preach on it today, and the Lord said, no, 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 that's for next Sunday. That's for next Sunday. So don't miss next Sunday because the following day is a solar eclipse. And there, I believe there's some spiritual significance to it. What, is, what does God want to say? Is he saying something to us? God deals with seasons, signs. Uh, you know, the, let me just throw this out there. The Jewish calendar is based upon... Uh, the moon, the lunar activity, the other calendar is based upon the sun. So if the sun's going this way and the moon comes up and gets into it, right at the changing of the season to going into the Jewish calendar of Elul, is God trying to say something? Just coming across America, moving from the north to the east, that's all I want to say about that. There's some good stuff coming. So be sure and bring somebody. Be here next week. Do not miss it. Do not miss it. Um, who knows, we might, that might, next Sunday might be the last service we have here. We might be out of here before that solar eclipse comes. Wouldn't that be cool? 
Are you all excited this morning? <laughs> Are you just concentrating real, real hard? Are you just thinking real hard? You just don't know, do you? All right. Hallelujah. You cannot win if you're not all in. You can go half-hearted. But, you know, if you're not giving your best, you know, then you're not going to push. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to try to go ahead and do it. Somebody can stop you and be real easy about uh, uh, putting you down. Four, let's see, how long ago was it? Yeah, it was, I guess it was four years ago, October, had a situation where after at a men's retreat, I developed hospital pneumonia. Many of you know this story, this hospital-born pneumonia from Sandy that was in the hospital and uh, couldn't shake it, and it kind of shook me up. I ended up not remembering the trip from Columbus, Texas. I ended up waking up in CCU. They said they lost me three times. And um, throughout that time, I, I wrote down a lot of the stuff. I couldn't talk about it for it was almost a year, about 18 months before I could really even talk about it. Still have never told all of that whole thing. But I remember throughout that time, um, you know, that was a time I needed a hip replacement. I was in a lot of pain. There, wasn't a, there probably wasn't a waking hour that I wasn't in, in some kind of pain from my hip. And then when I lay down at night, it had it worked on that sciatic nerve, and I wouldn't get much sleep. I just hurt. And I remember I was tired physically. I was tired spiritually. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, Lord, is a little disappointed, I think, you know, because sometimes you kind of get, uh, you know, when you get around 40, you, know, you start to wonder, you know, <laughs> has it been worth it? Was it worth it? So when you get 60, you really want to, you know, was it worth it? Was it really worth it? Did I, make, did I make a difference? Anybody ever thought that? Did I make a difference? And I kind of, you know, got to looking around. And I thought, you know, hmm, I just don't know. I don't know if I made a difference or not. The devil, you know, he'll magnify things to you. And I started getting, I guess, like, a, like Elijah, and I was ready to sit down under the juniper tree, I guess, and just like, well, Lord, you know. They killed all your prophets. I'm the only one left. You know, and Elijah, here's a great man of God just called fire down from heaven, consumed 800 prophets of Baal. I mean, this is amazing. And the next thing he's running for his life because Jezebel said, I'm going to make you just like one of those prophets of mine that you killed. And he's heading and he's like, was it worth it? You know, and he said, I'd just as soon die. And so throughout this time when I was unconscious and and different things. Well, I was engaging in some spiritual warfare. You know, people talk about they, they had this near-death experience and they were heading to the light. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would have been too easy, you know. I was fighting for my life. And I remember at different times, I remember being struck down. And I thought, okay, well, this is it. Probably one of the times when I actually, you know, they lost me. And I thought, well, this is it. And I thought, well, okay. The Apostle Paul says, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. I'm ready for a little gain here, you know. And I was like, okay. And I was just getting ready to just kind of fall into that and just chill out, you know, and spend the rest of the time in eternity. And I heard this uh, voice behind me that said, get up. <laughs> it was the Lord, the Holy Spirit, just speaking, told me to get up. And I'm like, really? Really? Got to do this some more? We got to do this some more? That happened three times. And the Lord really showed me out of that that I wasn't all in. I wasn't all in at that particular time. I was thinking about a way out. See, I love the rapture. <laughs> and I've found out that most of my life I've loved it because I've looked at it as my way of escape. <laughs> and, and it will be. I mean, we'll be out of here. But, you know, it's like, come on, Lord, get us out of here. Now I'm tired. You know, this will be a good day. It's supposed to get up to 105 to 110 today as far as the heat index. It would be a nice day to go to heaven, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just, <laughs> 
just chill out, you know? Just going to be so nice. How many of you ever been to Hawaii? Well, don't worry about going because I want to tell you something on the big island. And Kona, their temperature is just like ours. It's so humid there. I remember we went in. Sandy had won a trip there. She worked for Continental Airlines. And we went in, and, they, and we were going to get the room. They said, and they said, well, do you want air conditioning? I go, well, yeah. I mean, it was humid there. In Kona. And, and so she was, I said, y'all are way too proud of your weather over here. It's not all that nice on every... Now, there are some places, but it wasn't that nice then. I thought, you know what? Forget it. I, I'm ready to get out of here. There any, any place here on earth that I want to go hang out that much. I'd just soon go on to be with Jesus. But until that time, we got a job to do. And we need to be all in. Because if he comes and finds us not all in, we might be all into whatever's left here, but it's left behind for a while. I don't want that. And that's, I can prove that scripturally if you want to, we'll sit down and visit. But I want, I want you to open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 6. I know that's the same thing I said. Lord, wait a minute. We're talking about going into the harvest, the harvest fields and all this. Oh, Jeremiah? Are you kidding me? What, oh, Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 6. Boy, the Lord woke me up with this scripture. And I said, Wow. Jeremiah 6.16. Look to your neighbor and tell them, Jeremiah 6.16. If you've got a, one of the, a real Bible with pages in it, and it was printed on, it's probably back where the pages are stuck together. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, reading from the New International Version. This is what the Lord says. First phase, or phrase there. So if that, you see that phrase, you probably ought to perk up and pay attention, right? If the Lord's getting ready to say something, don't we need to hear what he has to say? This is what the Lord says. Then it quotes, stand at the crossroads and look. Yeah, you ever just blankly just go right across, uh, maybe you don't stop at a, at a crossing in a street, whatever, you just walk across and boom, here comes a car just like already take you out. You better stop at the crossroads and you better look. I believe we're at a crossroads in uh, this dispensation that we're living in that God is getting some things ready. He's, he's giving an opportunity to bring as many as can into the kingdom of God. We're at a crossroads. Jesus said, lift up your eyes. Look, the harvest is great. We're at a crossroads. That's what the Lord just showed me out of the scripture. We're at a crossroads. You better look. You better look. You better look around. See what's going on. He says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. You know, that's his ways. That's the ways of God, the, uh, his principles, the ancient paths. You know, which way to go, the direction to go. You know, that's the only paths that are really worth anything, the ancient paths. He says, ask for the ancient paths. Lord, what is your will? We're at this crossroads, you know. Which way do I go? <laughs> Don't be like Yogi Bear's. When you get to a fork in the road, take it. Which way, you know, which way? I mean, so we need to look and we need to ask God which direction. Uh, so he says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths and where the good way is. Where God, where's God's will? Lord, what's your will in this? What's your will at this crossroads? You better ask. You better stop. <laughs> look and listen. <laughs> you're at a crossing and you're going to stand accountable for what you do next. Boy, it's getting real quiet in here now. Ask for the ancient paths and ask where the good way is. What is your will, God? And walk in it. It didn't say, you know, and then sit down and decide what you want to do. 
It says, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotion. You won't be so stressed and troubled and whatever. Because, you know, when you're following the Lord, you might have some, you know, there, there might be opposition on the outside and different things like that. But, but your soul is at rest because you know that you know that you're doing what God's called you to do. There's rest for your soul when you're following the Lord. So it says, but look at this part. But you said, and read it off. What does it say there? Wow. Can you believe that? And you said, but you said, we will not walk in it. Who would tell the Lord that? I mean, think about it. Can you imagine that? You know, here you are, you're at this crossroads, you're looking around, you think, you think okay, what's the way that I need to go? You're remembering the principles of God, okay, and now you've got the direction of God, you've got God's will, and so you're, you know that that's the way you ought to go, and God says, all right, now, now walk in it, and you go, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I don't, how many of you, when you were a kid, if your father or mother told you something, especially the most disciplinary of the, of the two, which was my father, because of my mom. She, I remember my mom giving me two whippings in my life. And uh, my dad had this policy that if she had to whip me, that I got a whipping for her having to whip me. And then I got one for what I was doing wrong that she had to whip me for. I don't know. Y'all probably don't know that stuff. That's, that's old school stuff. But anyway, I can't imagine him telling me to go do something. I stand there and say, nope, I'm not going to do it. You know, he believed in timeout. Like how much time you've been knocked out on the floor? <laughs> timeout. <laughs> That's what would have happened, you know. Um, I mean, can you imagine that? But you know what's happening today? There's people that are, are literally saying to God, nope, we're not walking it. I'm not going to do that. I got my own thing to do. I got this that I got this to do. I got that to do. Man, I mean, I, there's, I'm, I'm at a crossroads here. I got stuff I got to do. You better stop. You better look. You better listen. And you better do what he says to do. So we could probably go home right then, right now and think about that, huh? But that's just the introduction. See, we're in this thing, and as long as we're left here on the face of the earth, it's not just to suck air and grow old. <laughs> It's to do his will. He's still got something for us to do or we wouldn't be here. And so we're in this thing. As they say, we're in it to win it. But you can't win it if you, you know, unless you're all in it. <laughs> unless you're all in on this thing. I, I jotted down some characteristics of being all in. First of all, with the Lord, he's, we, we, let's look back at some messages that he's brought to us. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, everything in you. Love the Lord and love your neighbors yourself. The first thing about really being all in is being all in love with God. Everything that you got, everything that's within you to love God more than you love anything else. Think about that for a while. You might want to keep your little side piece of paper over here that nobody else can see and write down, how are you doing in that one? down how you doing there you know if you can take from zero to a hundred and you can grade yourself you know is that 95 or is that 25 <laughs> what is it think about it and uh, so here's the characteristics of being all in love God and love others how you doing on that 
Second thing about being all in is, uh, is having the ability to see. Having the ability to see the harvest. Because he said, when you get down to the crossroads and look, Jesus said, uh, you know, you don't say four more months and then we'll reap the harvest. He said, no, the harvest is right now. He says, look, lift, you know, lift up your, look around. The harvest is right now. So he says, you've got to be able to see. So if you're all in, you start to develop this ability to see. In the NFL, they say that, uh, for instance, like in college football, the quarterback might get that ball and he'll go back. He might have four or five seconds. Dwayne, help me out on this. Before he needs maybe to get rid of the ball, before he has to dump it off. About, uh, for the, now, this is in college. Okay, in college. So five, six. I've kind of gotten this habit of when the ball snapped, I can't. 1,001. 2002, you know, and with college ball, you know, they're looking around. In pro football, they got two to three seconds, pretty quick, three seconds. And that quarterback has to develop a, an ability when he comes from high school through college to the NFL is the ability to see. He's got to have the ability to be able to see this field out here, who's open, if he's going to throw that ball, who's open, what do I need to do? And he's got to do it like that, three seconds. If not, he pays the price. When you're all in, something happens. Adrenaline flows, man. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, sometimes time can go a little bit slow. Like, you know, and you get this ability to be able to move faster and do things that you couldn't normally do because that adrenaline's flowing, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You ever had that situation when the adrenaline's flowing and it's like, wow, you're alert and you're seeing it. They tell you what happens with a Christian. When the Holy Spirit hits you, it's like this, it's a supernatural adrenaline that gives you the ability to see and to do what you could normally do. And so to be all in, you're all in, you're all committed. And when things start to happen, it's that supernatural adrenaline. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. He said, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he will give you power. That's dunamis. That's miraculous power, wonder-working power, the ability to do, the capacity to act, power. For what? To be my witnesses. When you're all in... You have the ability to see the harvest field. And when you're moving, you have the the ability to see supernatural opportunities that arise that nobody else could see. Wow, look at that. It's like when there's a a completion, a play that's that's made, and they're just like, oh, my goodness, that was just amazing. How did he get that ball in there? He just saw where it needed to go. It's amazing, amazing. So the characteristics of, of being all in, it's this, all in love. I love God more than anything else, and I love my neighbor enough that I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm, laying, I'm willing to lay down my television program. I'm willing to lay down my whatever, my agenda, to go and be a source of God's love to them. The third thing is, characteristic of being all in is faith, faith to believe. Faith to believe. And what God said is right. And it's right now. Faith to believe. You know, if not, you're, you're out there and things happen. You know, I don't know if this is really right or not. You know, and then you begin to doubt. The Bible says a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. You, can't, you don't have, a, you don't have the, the time to be unstable. Go back to that quarterback. He runs back and he, all of a sudden he trips on something and he falls over 
Sorry, that's it. You, know, you lost your three seconds. <laughs> You're stumbling around. Faith to believe that through God's word, what he's bringing about is true. The, the word that we've been hearing over the last few weeks, that, that this is where God, what, what God's doing and where he has us. So love, love God and others and the ability to see this harvest and the things that are coming up and faith to believe that, that this is what God said. This is his time. This is his place. This is his, the opportunity right now. And then courage, courage to do it. I don't know how many times people, they, you know, they might see it and they might believe it, but they're sitting on their blessed assurance not doing anything about it. You know what I'm talking about? Courage to get up and do it. Well, I don't know. Last time I did that, such and such and this and that happened. Boy, the devil really hit me. <laughs> well, duh. That's like, <laughs> let's go back to our football illustration again. Snap the ball and all of a sudden here comes these here comes a J.J. Watt blowing through the line, and you're like, well, now wait a minute. <laughs> you know, now you're knocked down. So, well, I can't believe that you just did that. <laughs> you didn't know who I am? Yeah, absolutely. He knows who you are. That's why he took you out. <laughs> you know? So the devil, when that, let's say when the ball snapped, I'm not saying J.J. Watt's the devil. But let's say that, the, <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, but I'm just saying when that, let's say when, that, when the spiritual ball is snapped, he's all in. If you don't think the devil's all in, you got another thing coming. He's all in. He, and yeah, he's going to come to take you out. All you got to do is do one of these little, you know, these kind of, like that. Woo, there you go. Why? Because we can do all things through Christ, can't we? So what? You get knocked down, go up and say, hmm, pretty good hit. <laughs> and go on. It's like, that's all you got when, when they deliver everything they got. That's what my dad used to say. Man, if you just get hit and you don't think you can get up, get up and look at it and say, man, that was a good hit. I like that. That's pretty good, you know. But it wasn't good enough, evidently, if you got up smiling, right? Isn't that right? If you're, y'all know what I'm talking about. Football season's coming on. These guys are playing preseason games. What's up? Okay, all you Dallas fans just upset because I didn't, I don't know any of their names. <laughs> I don't have that discernment. <laughs> so, love. First, you got to love God and love your neighbors yourself. If you don't, you're not going to move. It won't budge you. Then the ability to see, the faith to believe, the courage to do, and I love this one, hope. Hope to endure. <laughs> hope I'll make it through this one. <laughs> hope to endure. But it's not that kind of hope. It's that earnest expectation for good. That earnest expectation, that's the Bible kind of hope is earnest expectation for a good man, I'm going to make it. We are victorious. We're coming out of this thing uh, is victorious. Not, not, I'm not going under, I'm going over. There's no weapon that's formed against me or fashioned against me that can succeed or can, can prosper. Man, we win this thing. You know, down through history, God has used people that are all in. He don't use half-heartedness. It's, it's still that... <laughs> The story of Gideon still always amazes me because I think he was just kind of, but maybe he was the most all-in person that was on the face of the earth at that particular time. But, you know, the angel comes down and says, hey, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He was speaking into me, and Gideon says, me? <laughs> hey, I, I'm the least in my family, and my family is the least in our clan, and our clan is the least of all Israel. And I'm in here just trying to shake out a little grain, you know, and make sure I have something. Yeah, but you're doing it. 
and the, the Midianites are watching to see who's doing that. You're out here doing something. You're doing something. Everybody else is hiding in their, in their house. I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, finally he had to get, get into the point of when you're all in. When, when you start out with 30,000 soldiers and God says, that might be too many. What you talking about? We're going up like 300,000. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be too many. Better trim those down a little bit. What would be a good number, God? I'd say, how about 300? <laughs> yeah, that way nobody will, nobody will be confused of who gave the victory on this deal. Well, what are we going to use for weapons? How about a, an old clay pot and a trumpet? That ought to be good. Where do you come up with stuff like this? <laughs> Don't want anybody to be confused about how you won this thing. And see, Gideon was all in then because he didn't back up. Those guys, and you know who, why God used those? Because they were the only ones out of everything else that were all in. Everybody else was kind of like halfway in. These guys were all in. God does miraculous things when you have an attitude that, man, I'm all in for this thing. I'm all in. I mean, down through the Bible, Abel gave a better sacrifice than Cain. He was all in, and God, you know, God looked at, he looked at, at Abel. Enoch, it says that Enoch walked with God, and then he was not. God just took him. He's, oh, yeah, you're all in. Come on up. Got him out of there. That's a type of the rapture of believers before the tri tribulation comes because Enoch was taken out before the flood came, you know. So, and then, hey, what about Noah? He was all in. Whoa, are you kidding me? Flood? He didn't even, they never even had rain, <laughs> you know. He had to have faith to believe. Down through history, God's used people that are all in, not halfway in. Abraham, or Abram, come on. You all in? I'm all in. Where are we going? I'll tell you when we get there. Okay, I'm, man, I'm, I'll just leave everything. Just come follow you. Come on. Now then, well, Abraham, are you still in? After I gave you a promise and all this is going to happen? Yeah, I'm all in, God. All right, well, get your son, your only son. Let's go up on this mountain and let's sacrifice him. Okay, God, I'm all in. That's what it takes. I'm all in. Are you kidding me? Wow. All in. Huh. We got, you know, we start to examine ourselves and see where we are in our faith. <laughs> wow. What about Moses? You know, he kind of had some wavering times, but I mean, when it was time for him, as he became of age, it says that he refused to be known as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. Whoa, you got to be all in for that. He walked away from it, walked away from all of it. Then there's, remember when they were going to go into the promised land? Here you know, they send 12 spies. You know the story. Who was all in on, those, on that journey, on that, that group? Joshua and Caleb. They said, we can do that. They're just giants. I mean, you know, we take them out. No, no problem. They were all in. Everybody else went by the wayside. God said, I can't use you. You're not all in. He couldn't take the, the children of Israel on into the promised land because they weren't all in. They were still half-hearted. So he said, okay, well, you're going to die out here then until I can get rid of all of you, until I get some people that are all in. And he did. Guess who was still hanging out with them? Joshua and Caleb. Man, and so you know what? Then they got to go across here and, and fight a battle. First thing, they were all in. God told them a weird thing. And I'll tell you what, go up to that, go up to that city there, Jericho. Uh, here's how you can take it. Just walk around those walls, you know. Just walk around one time for seven days, and then on the seventh day, uh, let's see, go around it seven times, 
Then have everybody shout. That'll be different. Okay. <laughs> well, we're all in on this deal. I mean, I'm telling you, if I was in the group somewhere back there in the line and we're walking like, how many times is this now, you know? Great. You know, here we go. And next day, well, here we're walking around this thing again. I wish they'd get their plans straight around there. No, no swords, no nothing. We don't even have a clay pot and a, and, a, and a trumpet on this deal. I mean, you know, we're just out here, you know? Only ones up there got trumpets of them priests up there, whoever they think they are, you know? I mean, can you imagine? No. They were being obedient. In fact, God said, you tell them don't say anything until I tell them to shout. You know why? Because if they were allowed to talk, they'd be murmuring and complaining. They wouldn't be all in. Seventh day, <laughs> take another lap. <laughs> And one more time, we've been to Jericho, you know, and it wasn't all that big, but you walk around it seven times, you're like, you know, I, I'd ask him how many times we've been around, but we can't talk. <laughs> Nobody can say anything until Joshua says shout. And then can you imagine that? The priests blow their horns and everybody says, yeah, <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> walls fall down flat. Not like crumble here and there, whatever, and you got to climb over rubble. I'm talking about flat, so they just step right on in and go on in and take the city. They were all in. Well, you know, their next battle, they got all cocky after that, so they thought they'd go up to that little town, Ai. And uh, so, oh, you know what? Y'all hang out here. We got it. We got this, man. We're bad. We, we can shout. <laughs> we know how to shout now. We know how to use that. So y'all just hang out here. Boy, they went up there, and they got it handed to them, you know, there, because it didn't work, because they weren't all in. They thought, you know, yeah, we can. You know what? We don't all have to go. We don't all have to do all. Yeah, we can kind of hang it. You know, just a few of us go up there. Hmm. Don't work. And then Caleb, you know, like that, where Joshua looks at him and says, well, Caleb, uh, you still want that mountain? Are you, you know, you think you can handle it? <laughs> Caleb says, man, he's 80 years old. I'm well able to have this. I'm, I've been all in all my life. I'm not giving up now. I'm well able to take that mountain. And watch out for anybody who tries to get in my way. All in. That's what I'm talking about. Not half-hearted, not watching for somebody else and then trying to make a decision on what we're going to do. All in. God blesses that. Wow. <laughs> and then... You know, you got Joseph that's, he was all in the pit, all in the prison, all in the, he was into everything. But I mean, but his heart was all in for God, serving God. So then he gets second only to Pharaoh, and here he is, man, he's, he's sold out to God. What does that have? He's able to protect his family, they come down, and he, I mean, the guy is controlling everything. He's all in. God blessed him in that. Well, you know, you got David, everybody else was saying, we talking about how big Goliath was and, and all this stuff and how... And David says, man, he's just too big to miss. And he goes out, and I mean, he talks trash to the nine foot. The, see those doors back there? That's nine foot tall. Those doors are nine foot tall. Goliath was that tall without a helmet. And it was probably about that. We have to open up both of those doors to get him through there. You know, and he's got a guy carrying his, his he got an armor bearer. David walks out there, got this sling. He reaches over, he's being getting him. And, and Goliath says, what? What in the world are you doing out here? You know, send me a real man. And boy, David says, you come out here and you defile the, the army of God. And everybody else was talking about the army of Saul. Yeah, the army of Saul ain't worth nothing, but the army of God can do anything. And David said, man, I'm all into this thing. And so Goliath's still talking. So you know what, David? This is how all in David is. He gets that, that stone in there. He starts swinging, and he starts running toward Goliath. And they're like, what? I'm sure that the Philistines are like, oh, 
at that. What, what's, he, what's up with him? He must, not, he must be crazy. <laughs> he's been eating some of that sheep weed that he's been out there with him sheep or something. Goes, that boy is nuts. And he runs up and says, man, he's too big to miss. But I, when I, as he's fallen, boom, I'm going to get his sword. He picks his big old sword up. Whack, cuts off his head, holds it up to the Philistine, the other, all the rest of that whole army. This is David. Jumps up on Goliath's back and says, hey, coming after you now. <laughs> Whoa. One man that's all in turns them all around. He said, y'all have to tell him, well, pastor was all in today. He's standing in the chairs. And they take off running. And so here's the rest of the Israel, Israeli army. They're like, well, uh, Look, they're running now. Let's, let's go. Let's go see if we can, you know, chase them on off here, you know? Wow, one person that's all in. What can they do? What about Esther? Was she all in? Well, her uncle, her uncle told her, hey, well, for such a time as this, who knows, for such a time as this that you were brought to the kingdom. And so she says, okay, to go before the king without being summoned was death. She gets her scepter, she goes in before, and she says, I'm all in. If I perish, I perish. Here she goes. Man, and she saves her entire race of people at that particular time. Amazing. I'm telling you, God has always used people that say, I'm all in. God said it. You know, those old bumper stickers they used to have, God said it, I believe it. You know, that finishes it. That's the way we ought to be, all in on this thing. Daniel, he was all in the lion's den. <laughs> but what got him there was he was all in to God. And he said, I'm not. They, so they tried to, like, okay, how, can we, how can we get this guy? You know, they were all jealous of him because he was a prime minister. You know, so they were all up, upset. So they, you know what? He always does. And people ought to always know what you do, especially when it has to do with prayer. He always prays three times a day. Let's see if we can figure out something to get the king to set up a, a law against that. And the king fell for it, and he did. Here goes, and Daniel knew what was up. He knew what was up, and he knew that they were conniving to get him. What does he do? Goes and opens his window. Hey, all right, now I'm getting ready to pray again. <laughs> opens his window so make sure everybody sees him. He points his face toward Jerusalem, and he prays, just like he always did. He said, just like he always did, and he was all in. They got him, threw him in the, the lion's den. Angel jumped in there with him. And David said, you got this? Or Daniel said, you got this? And the angel said, yeah, I got this. He said, okay, man, I'm going to take a nap. I'm a little tired. Just rest through the night. King comes out. He'd had a rough night. Daniel, are you okay? Are you? Yeah, King, I'm all right. They get him out of there. They go get the guys that accused him and their wives and their kids. And they throw them all in there. It says, before their bodies hit the floor, the lions devoured them. Daniel was all in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. You're going to bow now. And the king's like, well, I'm going to give you one more chance. You can play all you want. We ain't going to bend our knee to you. You know, we're, in, we're all in for God and all in for you. Throw them in the fiery furnace. We know those stories. And the king looks in and says, wait a minute. There's somebody else in there and looks like the son of God. Jesus said, you all in? I'm all in with you. That's why he says, if, if any two of you agree is touching any one thing, he says, I'm going to be right there in the midst with you. He said, man, if I can find somebody that's all in, I'm coming. I'm coming. You want Jesus, his presence to be with you all the time? Just say, I'm all in this thing. I'm all in. Wow. I mean, story after story, that's what makes this story so rich. Is these people say, you know what? I'm all in. I'm all in. 
Well, what happened to Jonah? <laughs> he wasn't all in, and all he got in was the whale. I mean, you know, we can go to these other stories, and we can see people till he finally, you know, decided, okay, well, I guess I'll go do what God wants me. God's going to do his will, and, um, you know, you can either <laughs> go along happily <laughs> and with strength, or you can be there somewhere. Here's the last, listen to the last words of Jesus. Turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. We call this, um, you know, the great, great commission. This is part of it here. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says, came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Matthew 28, verse 18. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So he said, just in case you're just wondering and you're not so sure and you feel a little timid here, I'm the man and I'm the man in charge. Now, you know, I mean, that's not exactly how he said He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I have all authority. I have the ability to do whatever it takes and I have the capacity to act. And he says, um, therefore, so here he goes, he's, he's stating his authority. He says, therefore, because I do have all authority, just don't think that there's anybody going to cancel this out. He says, Therefore, go, and that's not a suggestion. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, wow, what else do you want? Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and earth, Gives us a, a commission to go do something, and he says, I'm going to be right there with you. And so, what do we do? Well, we're not too much removed from Jeremiah there in chapter 6 that we read it, and it says, you know, we're at the crossroads, we see, and here's Jesus giving the commission. We say, no, nope, I'm not going to go. He said, go. And so, if we don't go, I mean, if you're not, if you don't, if you're not obedient, you don't have to say that. It's like the one kid said, well, I might be going in the foot, but I'm not going up here. <laughs> he didn't say it, but he just, you know, I'm still rebelling. I'm not going to do it. You know, and that's the way that a lot of Christians are. If you just don't do it, then what are you saying? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go do my thing. I'm going to go do my thing. You know, the, the purpose of the church is to make known this manifold wisdom of God, the, the many different aspects of the wisdom of God. We're to make that known. That's the whole point of the church. The, the mystery that was hidden from all ages, Paul said, is the church. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, is where it talks about the purpose of the church. And he says, uh, his intent, speaking of God's intent, was that now through the church, and that's us, the church, the, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. His eternal purpose is that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. His eternal purpose. We are responsible to make that known. We're responsible to win the lost and develop the saved. And that's what our mission is at Light Christian Center. That's what we say, well, what are you all about? Win the lost, develop the saved. And that happens in a lot of different ways. I mean, it works its way out in a lot, but that's how simple it is. Win the lost, develop the saved. Now, how are we going to be able to do this great commission 
and the, the, the mission that God's given to us as a church, how are we going to be able to accomplish that? We won't accomplish it unless we're all in. And about five weeks ago, what was that, July the 9th or something like that, the Lord just, at the end of the service, just began to talk to us about being all in. And for the next eight weeks, being all in. And just to see what would happen. Well, like, here's the report. We're over halfway there. And guess what? I, I know you're going to be surprised, but everybody's not all in. <laughs> I know that shocks you, but everybody's not all in. What would happen? What, where would we be if everybody was all in? I mean, some of the things that God told us to do was, uh, you know, to be all in is, is to pray, to seek His face like we hadn't ever before in our, in our walk with the Lord. Seek His face, pray, and fast. Wow. He gave us some things He told us to do. Yeah, I jotted it down here five weeks ago. It was, it was July the 9th. And um, He said, so eight weeks from there is going to be September the 3rd. September the 3rd was when that eight weeks is going to be up. You're like, so you say, wow, I'll be glad when that's over with. Whoa. Man, this halfway in stuff is about to kill me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's really, it is a stretch to get halfway when you've been like hardly no way. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no way. And you get halfway. I know that's a stretch, but, you know. But God's saying, hey, I want all of you. Now, this, isn't, this isn't too much to ask. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God... In other words, I beseech you. He's like, I am appealing to you with everything I got that you present yourself, yourself as a living sacrifice. In other words, not some dead sacrifice, but you make a willing choice. See, Isaac was a living sacrifice. <laughs> Jesus was a living sacrifice. He says, you present yourself a living sacrifice. That means all in. I, I'm sure, now Isaac, he knew his dad offered up sacrifices before. In fact, he got up there and said, well, hey, Dad, we got the wood. <laughs> we won't have the fire. We got everything we got, but, um, hmm, where did I sacrifice that? Get on that altar, boy. <laughs> he was the first altar boy, by the way. <laughs> Get up on that altar. Okay, Dad, I will. And he did. You don't think he didn't know what was going on? Yes, he knew what was going on. And he willingly laid down there. And God, this is where we get the, the name Jehovah Jireh. That's the first time it's ever used in the Bible. God provided a ram in the bush. Wow. And Abraham, fortunately, he was smart. He was, you know, if it had been some charismatic, he'd have no, God said kill the boy. I don't care if there's a ram over or not. God said kill the boy. We won't kill that boy. <laughs> I mean, you got to have some discernment too. Recognize God's provision. They were all in, and God blessed on that. Wow. So God said, come on, come all in. Here's what the challenge consisted of, because I went back to try to figure that out. Okay, Lord, where are we here and what are we supposed to be doing? And, and this is a quote that I said, I think it was under the direction of the Holy Spirit. What would happen if the next two months, and then there's a little eight weeks, if we would give our best, go all in, what would happen? That was my question. And I was sensing the Holy Spirit was just saying, what would happen if I had everybody in on this deal? See, one can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. That's what the Bible says. Well, I go, Sandy said, you know, what were you talking about? You said just one moment if God 
we had we just wait one just if God would just wait one moment just just one little moment and I thought well it says a, a day is as a thousand years a, a thousand years is a day with the Lord I'm like boy a moment with God that could be let's see how if you got how many moments in a day that's a long time God's moments are a long time but you know he says if, if everybody go in if if one can put a thousand light and two can put ten thousand light just think what I could do if everybody was all in on this deal wow think about it. One young shepherd boy go out and take out a giant and threaten the entire Philistine army. What could two Davids do? What could three Davids do? What could a hundred Davids do? Jesus said greater things than these. They're talking about what Jesus, he says, and he looks, he says, greater things than these shall ye do. He says, you're going to do greater things than I did. Wow. What if we did? What if? What if we really did that? What would life be like? Think about it. I mean, what, what if we did that? He said, greater things than these shall you do. Well, what would you do? We always did, man, I want one of them genie lanterns, you know? Three wishes, you know? And we got that all figured out. When I, I'm going to get two, and then I'm, the third one, I'm going to have three more wishes. You know, because <laughs> it's all about me and what I want, you know. But wait a minute. Here's something that God says is better than, than some genie lamp. He says, greater things than these shall ye do. Wow, what if we did it? What if we did it? What if we really actually did that? Then the second thing is, uh, this is question, what if for eight weeks we would dedicate to prayer every individual in the church and dedicate ourselves to fast? What do you think would happen? See, the early church, it said that they were assembled and they were in one mind, one accord. And after they prayed, it said the place was shaken. The power of God was so strong, joined together in that place that, you know, it talks about that the rocks have to cry out. We've got a lot of rocks down in this concrete floor down here. Something's got to cry out. Something's got to shake and, and, and cry out to God. I, y'all ain't getting none of this. He <laughs> said, so, Pastor, you're just a dreamer. Absolutely. Man, I'd love to see it just one time. I'd love to see it. I've seen some exciting things when there was just a, one or two people that were all in. What if we really did it? I know we're, we're past the halfway mark. This is our sixth week. We only got a couple weeks left. But you know what? What if? And then the third what if I had on here, and again, I, uh, listen, to, what if everyone in the church for just eight weeks would bring somebody to church that, that needed Jesus, that their life was messed up, that they, just, they needed some hope. What if? What if everybody just brought one, and that's where we got that each one reach one. What if? Every, well, I don't know about that. Then I wouldn't have a place to sit. Well, bless your little old rear end. <laughs> Maybe you need to stand a little bit. Well, we know what? We got a whole lot more chairs stored, in case y'all didn't know. And those aisles are really big, if you haven't noticed that either. We can scrunch about 300 in here. So don't worry about it. Look, we'll take care of that. You just bring them in. Just bring them in. Wow, what if? And what if that person that you brought, all of a sudden, Jesus just met them like the woman that had the issue of blood that pressed through and her whole life was changed. She had spent her life savings trying to find a doctor that could bring, you know, that could help her out and that she could get healed. But she presses into Jesus and she gets healed. What if just one person, their life was changed, they were healed, 
or they were set free. One marriage was restored. One child was delivered from from, uh, drugs and alcohol. What if? Would it be worth eight weeks? I turned around and looked at this and said, you know what? We're going on five years since we, we had made this trip to Alaska, we rode the, the Harley up to Alaska back. It's 12,382 miles. And uh, that was, you know, that was a neat thing. Five years. I said, man, that's one year past a, a bachelor's degree. <laughs> I said, wow, five years. What about eight weeks? Eight weeks. Hmm. Well, we got two left. You think God can move in two weeks? I think he can. All he needs is, the only reason he gave us eight, because he knew it, sometimes it's kind of a slow start. <sighs> okay, here we go. All right, are we done yet? <laughs> you know, I mean, Christian came in this morning and says, hey, you want to go live on Facebook? I said, turn it on, let's go, let's go. And man, I, I, I don't know if it's still on or not. I says, some of you are wrestling with the covers and got pinned by the sheets. Come on, hurry up. Get out of that bed and come down to church. Right now, we're going to have church today. I didn't come today just to set back labor. I came to receive the Word of God myself. I came to have church today. I don't know what you came to do, but today I came to say, God, I'm all in. Just to remind myself that God said, hey, come on, get all in. And then... This last what if, I know it's a lot, but what if for eight weeks everybody in the church would tithe? Wow, what if? I mean, uh, our finance committee would like, what? (laughs) What's up with that? Wow, what if? You know what? I don't look at the financial giving things, but, but a couple of weeks ago, I need, we needed to get a list of kind of some people, and so the only way we had that was through our, the giving records. Wow, I was really surprised. So we have those giving records today, so we're going to read those off. <laughs> Is that kind of like when you're sitting in school and they say, the teacher says, okay, now, uh, homework papers are ready, and we're going to have a quiz right after you. <gasps> Homework? <laughs> Quiz on what? You know, it's like, what? Wow, what if? Wait, what if everybody in the church would tithe? Wade's on our finance committee. That just brought a smile to his face right there just thinking about it. Wow. Is that what it's all about? God don't need your money. We do. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> Uh, But what if? God doesn't need our money, but what is it tied to? Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. What does he want? He wants our heart. That's how it all started out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And then what? Somewhere through there is is your bank account somewhere. I know. Don't get mad at me. I just deliver the mail. I don't write this stuff. I just deliver it. Well, we don't want to talk about money in church. Well, you know what? We haven't talked about money in church for 29 years, and there's still people that hadn't caught. Well, I, suppose, I don't know. I thought maybe you'd just get it by osmosis, you know? Well, I guess what we could do is start to end and we just kind of get our ushers to, hey, sit them by so-and-so. Maybe some of that will rub off, but it don't work because there's some parents in here that give, and some of their kids don't. So somehow or another, that didn't work. I don't know. And there's maybe some kids that give, and I don't, you know, I'm just telling you that it don't work like that. You got to know. 
And that's part about being all in. All in. Wow. Everything, Lord. Do you trust him? Do you have the ability to see? The faith to believe? The courage to do? And the hope to endure? Man, that's some people that says, bring it on, man. David had 30 mighty men. You know how come we had 30 mighty men? How big was his army? It's a whole lot bigger than 30, but that's all in... Only 30 is all he could get that would all be all in. You know, these guys were amazing. David one time says, you know what? I thirst for the waters from that little spring out there. I'm paraphrasing that. He says, man, I just think about that. A couple guys got up and said, I'll go. I'll go get him a drink. Busts through the army that has, that's laying siege. Goes through, kills all these people. Goes out there and gets some water, brings it, and comes back through the army. Talking about Navy SEALs, talking about some, these guys are tough. And comes in and he gives it to David. And David says, what? When I first read this, it says that David poured it out. And I thought, well, you ought, somebody ought to slap his face. That guy went through the whole army and you know, had to go out to risk his life. And David just says, no, he didn't do that. He says, I'm not even worthy of this kind of devotion. That's unto God, not to me. He said, I'm not. And so he, as a drink offer, as a, he poured that out to God. Wow, that's some people that are all in. You know, like what was it, Eleazar? Goes out there, it's about the same field where David slew Goliath. And they called it a bean field. And the Philistines are out there again. Everybody else, they say, man, I'm not fighting today. Eleazar goes out there, he takes his sword out, and he says, come on. And it says he fought, and he fought till his hand was frozen to his sword. I mean, that muscle was cramped up there. So David goes out. He sees Eleazar going out there. He said, man, if you're all in, I'm all in. And back to back, they fought. And Philistine after Philistine coming at them, they chopped those guys down. Are you serious? Man, people watching Netflix and everything else, trying to watch a good movie, read some of these stories. It's amazing. These two guys back to back, they can't make a ninja movie or whatever about something like that. I'm not talking about, you know, guns or whatever. They got swords, and their swords weren't that great. I mean, they really weren't, you know. And here these guys say, man, I'm all in. If God be for me, who can be against me? Wow. I want to tell you what. There's times when the, it says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. When you get all in, you say, that's when you look at the devil and say, come on, man. If God be for me, who can be against me? If I'm the only one out here, I'm going to take every one of you down before I go down. When was the last time that you felt like that you held on to the Word of God so strong? Because that's what that sword represented, was the Word of God. That you held on to it in the face of the enemy, and you were taking out the enemy, everyone that you could, until you had gripped that, and that you couldn't turn loose of the Word of God. You better hide the Word of God in your heart. That you might not sin against him. How would we sin against him? By doing our will, not his will. By saying, you know what? I don't like these odds today. <laughs> Eliezer says, odds? <laughs> are you kidding me? Y'all are way outnumbered. Me and God, y'all are way outnumbered. The prophet was in the house and the servant looked out and says, oh my goodness, do you see this army out here? And he says, well, yeah, that's just the enemy. He goes, but look how many they are. And the prophet goes over and prays, God, just show him 
who's with us. And then he looks out the window and says, wow, there's more forest than this. there's against us. Of course there are. Are you kidding me? Only a third of the angels fell. That left two-thirds that are with us. Wow. And Jesus told Peter, he says, wait a minute, don't you know I could have called a legion of angels down here, but I didn't even need them. Don't worry about it. All in. I'm talking about going all in. And then we wonder why things happen. You know why? Because if we're not all in, then we're like, well, I don't know. And so if you don't know, I can tell you the devil is all in. And he'll push, push his agenda in on you quicker than you can. Man, it's faster than that three seconds on the NFL rush. That's for sure. And we, we've got to have the commitment that, that, that disciples... You know, that they had. Then, you know, Jesus comes up to him. He's walking down the beach, it says. Walking down the beach, and he sees Peter and uh, John just, uh, or uh, Peter and Andrew, sorry. They're fixing their nets, and he says, hey, boys. He says, come follow me. And they said, absolutely. It says they dropped their nets. They left all and followed him. I got it right here. (laughs) Right here. Matthew, write this down and read these things. Matthew 4, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, uh, for they were fishermen. Jesus hollers out, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It says, in verse 20, at once they left their nets and followed him. I know you're saying, yeah, well, they must not have really, they didn't like that job. <laughs> I mean, at once they left their nets and followed him. Going on further, it says, uh, he saw two brothers, James and John, sons of Zebedee. These are, I mean, these were, they were kind of feisty. And it says, and, uh, and his brother John, and it says that uh, they were in a boat with their father and uh, Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and everything. They just said, sorry, Dad, we're, gonna go. we're going, man. And they were off. It, it, one, on down it says, a little bit further down, he says, um, so they, they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. That's all in. That's all in. That's why Jesus chose them. There was a whole lot more people that he could choose. That's why he looked at it and says, you haven't chosen me, but I've chosen you. Usually the disciples choose their rabbi. He said, you can choose me. I chose you. And everybody's saying, what do you want with these guys? Uneducated fishermen. In other words, they weren't trained of the things of uh, theology and everything else. They're just everyday, you know, blue-collar workers. And what do you, basically, they said, what do you want? With, what do you see in these guys? He says, I see somebody that will go all in for me. That's what he said. I see somebody. Well, we're thinking about that when Peter's like, I don't know him, man. I don't know him. When he's denying him, but Jesus knew there was something down in him. There was an all-in spirit down inside of him that would come up. And that's why later on it says, when they look at him, it says, man, these are the guys that turned the world upside down. Turned the world upside down. Hmm. You know, Jesus, I think he says, the only way to follow me is going all in. This ain't... Um, the hokey pokey. <laughs> you put your right foot in, put your put your right foot in, and you shake it off. Nah, this is all in. You know, all in. You don't get the choice. Like, well, let me just test it out a little bit. But that's what we do. 
That's what 99.9% of the church is doing today. I'm not talking about just this. I'm talking about the body of Christ as well. We're just going to come. We're going to show up on Sunday morning for... Could you cut that service down a little bit? Could we make it like more like a 52 minutes? That way it will give us time you know, where we can go ahead and do what we need to do. Oh, boy, there you go. They're all in, huh? Wow. Nobody asked Jesus that day when he went to the cross, hey, you feel like dying today? You know, I don't really feel like dying today. Can we reschedule that? Can we just kind of reschedule that? I'm sure you get the next day. You know, every time you put something off, it gets a little harder, doesn't it? Well, you know, uh, hey, Father, we need to talk about this because I just ain't feeling this. I just think, you know, I'm not into all the ripping the flesh off my back and beating me where I'm just a breath away from death. And I'm not really into that kind of stuff. Huh? Nobody asked Jesus that. It says, though, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and now is set down at the right hand of the Father. And that's the promise of where we can be if we'll go all in. You know, we don't schedule our faith around our comfort, do you? Well, yeah, a lot of people do. They schedule their faith or the expression of their faith around their comfort, how comfortable it is or if it's going to work out or not. And you know what? Most of the time it doesn't work out. That's why people aren't working out. That's why Christians don't do anything. Oh, y'all are looking at me. I know it's different. I'm usually the exhorter. I'm not the prophet guy, you know, whatever. But this is the Holy Spirit. This is what he's saying to us today. It's not easy to hear. It's not pleasant. But I'm sorry. Somebody in the body of Christ needs to hear this message today. And any, any pastor that's heard anything that's preaching this message, I don't know. Go listen to him. Go look it up, whatever. I wanted to teach on the solar eclipse. I'd done a lot of work on it, man. I tell you what, I, I did. I put, hadn't I, honey? I put hours into the solar eclipse. I, could, I know exactly the route that it's coming from Oregon down. I, I know it. I'm like, God, are you serious, God? Wait a minute. He says, are you all in? <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. Hmm. Is that where we are today? Do we want to arrange our faith? around our comfort are you taking those notes and scheduling you know and grading yourself a hundred to zero to a hundred how we doing see we need to be the ones that push beyond the normal push ourselves stretch he says stretch the the cords and lengthen the lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes we got to stretch ourselves past normal you know why because so many people are so below normal somebody's got to stretch way beyond normal just to get the normal there again does that make sense you know if you're averaging stuff out somebody's got to be way up here to be able to keep the the average back here so somebody's got to be out here on the tip of the spear why not us why not why not you why not me and when we stand before the Lord, he says, well done, you good and faithful servant. Come on up here. Let me hug your neck. <laughs> Don't you think Jesus is going to say that? I think he's going to come running out and say, man, you did so good. You did so good, man. You did so good. Way to go. Yeah, we just think Jesus is like, 
well done, thou good and faithful. I don't think so. I think he's going to come running down over there and say, man, you did a good job. I told you to do it. They said you wouldn't. But I said, yeah, there's some all-in part down in there. There's some all-in character down in there. Well, I don't have time to preach the rest of this message today. But God wants us to be like the early church. They were a witnessing church. They were a working church. They were a worshiping church. I got 14 reasons written down why we need to be witnesses that's just to be witnesses i got all kinds of stuff there why we ought to be workers and i got all kinds of good stuff about us being worshipers i guess that's just for me because we ain't going to do that you know you know you're supposed to be a witness the holy spirit was given we'd have power to be witnesses for him people are dying and going to hell my goodness that ought to be reason enough and if that's not reason enough the other reason is because he said so you know, that's the only reason I got from my dad. And I said, well, why? Because I said so. That was enough. You don't ask any more questions. But yet there's still a whole bunch more than why we ought to be witnesses. And then we ought to be workers together with him. We got to do it. He's called us work today. Go work today in my kingdom. How many times does he say, go work, go, 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 go into all the world. Go, go work, go work, go work today in my kingdom. He told one story. He says, which is better? He says, uh, the father of the house comes up, he has two sons, and he goes to one and he says, go work today in my vineyard. And they say, okay, I'm, go- I'm going, Dad, I'm going. So the guy gets out of his sight, goes to change clothes, I guess, and to the other one, he says, go- you, go work today. He says, nah, I ain't going to do it. He says, but later on, the first one that said he'd go work, nah, he didn't, he took off somewhere, you know. But the second one changed his mind, and he went, and he worked. He says, which one of them? was obedient which one of them did what was supposed to do so maybe you've been there saying you know what i don't know about this i got other things to do whatever but it's okay to change your mind it's okay god i wasn't all in on july the 9th i wasn't all in at 10 a.m this morning but i'm all in now and i need some help he said that's why i gave the person the holy spirit All you got to do is yield. The only ability that God needs is availability. If we make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit, that power, the ability to do, the capacity to act, He does it. Can we pray this morning? Will you be? Will you pray seriously, guys? You have the communion ready. Let's do this. Let's let's receive communion. Uh, But. You think is it faster to kind of come through and distribute the communion like that, or you want us to put four guys up here and y'all come up and get it? Y'all didn't know you had a vote in this thing, did you? All right, we'll let you sit. <laughs> Pastor been talk, talking about all in, so we're gonna sit here. <laughs> you can start me. Now, I, I know I beat you up enough. You can just relax. Guys, go ahead and distribute the communion. And let's receive this communion and let's pray this morning. And when we do this, I want us to think about the words of Jesus. He said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And here's what I want you to remember. is he said, go, 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 go into all the world. See, as they're coming by, I don't, you might not have a pencil and paper. We don't care those anymore. But I know you got a notes app on your phone or something but if not most of you are pretty sharp i think you can remember three people can you remember three people think of three people 
three people that could use Jesus in their life. They might be sick. They might be broken. They might really be lost, lost, lost. You know what I'm talking about? Three people. Think of three people that you could purpose to contact this week. And just call them up. Say, hey, how you doing? You know, I like to say, has anybody told you today God loves you? That kind of lightens up the load, the, the, the mood. Has anybody told you today God loves you? You might want to tell them that. Say, well, he does. And I love you too. Call them up see how you're doing. How's everything going? And then listen. And then say, hey, man, how about going to church? You know this crazy preacher is going to talk about the solar eclipse? <laughs> I want to see what he has to say. Now, I don't know. Jesus might change that, but anyway. But say, you know, hey, let's go to church, and afterwards I'll buy. I'll buy your Coke. You can buy your own lunch. But we can <laughs> come on and go to church, and, and then we'll, have a, we'll go to lunch afterwards. But I think you'll enjoy it. I, I really believe you enjoy it. It sure has been a blessing to me. My life's changed. You know what? And if they've been seeing you or whatever, they'll, they ought to know that your life's changed. Three people. I'm going to ask you today to make a commitment to go all in. And then you can do what you want to do. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. We're at a crossroads. You're standing at a crossroad today. We really are. Man, if I was all into this, um, I mean, there's some people who think Jesus is coming, this solar thing. I mean, it's serious. Hey, there's a lot of stuff that points to it. I mean, it could be. The thing is, is he could come way before that. He could come before we get out of here. He could. There's nothing left for, to be fulfilled for the rapture. Now, there are some things that need to be fulfilled for the end to come. It's what Jesus said, and, all this, and then the end will come. I'm not looking for the end. I'm looking, for the, I'm looking to get out of here before the end happens. Okay? And if, if, if you don't understand that, call me up. Send me a text. Send me a Facebook me or whatever. I'll, man, I'll send you some stuff. We'll talk about it. But there's nothing that needs to be fulfilled before the bridegroom comes and shouts for his bride to come. So you better be ready. Be ready. But what if that person comes and they accept the Lord? And you begin to see their life changed. They'll never, ever, ever forget that it's because you invited them to come. Man, I've had people come up to me and say, you know, I didn't really want to go to church, but I did. And you know what? My life has changed. I just don't know. I wouldn't be alive today. How many of you could say that? You know, maybe since, you know, if you hadn't got saved when you did or whatever, hey, we got some hands up absolutely know that you would probably not be alive today. And for somebody to come up and say, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for introducing me to Jesus. Thank you for inviting me to come to church. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. You've heard it today. And walk in it. Walk in it. 
and you will find rest for your souls. You can sleep at night knowing that you invited those three, three people that you can think of. That, you know what? That you invited them. The rest is up to, you, uh, up to them. You know, we're not judged on results. We're judged upon what, our obedience to the Lord. He takes care of that. And it says, you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Where are you going to be when that comes down? So, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that he took the bread and he lifted it up and says, this is my body. This is my body. It was beaten for you, basically. They understood that to get that grain, that wheat, you had to beat it to get it down into a flour and mix it together. And he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Now, he's looking at these 12 guys, and one's going to betray him. So now the 11 is left, and he says, my body was broken for you. I'm calling you to be all in. He says, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. My, the price I pay, basically. He says, you know, they would, they would know later on. He says, you do it in remembrance of me. This is what I did. This is what I paid. This is the price I paid. Let this little thing remind you that I was broken, broken for you. Hmm. And we're to, we're to examine ourselves and see where we are in this thing. Where are we? Do we discern the body of Christ? Talking about discerning it. That's what Paul said. You know, many, he says, many of you are sick. Many of you are even asleep. You've died prematurely because you didn't discern the, the, the Lord's body. His body that, he, that was broken as well as the body of Christ and how we fit in. This is now, this is the expression to the world. We are the lie of the world. It's us. We, we could be the last generation that this world's going to see before Jesus comes and things break out, people. We could be them. We've got to live like it. Are you discerning that? Discerning the body of Christ, the church of the living God, and what our responsibility is? He said, this is what I did. He said, I, I went all in. Father, today, as we hold this bread, we're to do it in remembrance of, of you, Lord. Let us remember that you gave it all. You were broken for us, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by your stripes we are healed. Lord, I pray today that as we're just remembering the price that you paid, let healing flow through this place today. Let healing flow. Bodies be healed. It was purchased for us at Calvary. His body was broken and wounded. By faith, grab a hold of that today and just begin to claim your healing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for victory that we can have because of the price that you paid. And Jesus, you said, this is my body, which is for you. Speaking for us. You gave it all for us. So we remember that, Lord, as we receive this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So after the supper, he took the cup. He says, this cup is the new covenant. So here it is. This is the new covenant in my blood. He said, I'm purchasing this new covenant with God, with my blood. We have a new covenant that uh, says that we are now heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The authority 
of the Lord Jesus Christ is us. We have that at our disposal. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. He says, whatever you prohibit here on earth, it's going to be prohibited in heaven. Whatever you permit here, it's going to be permitted there. You have authority. This is the new covenant. You got a new covenant. I paid the price. You entered. When you received me, you step into it. By his blood. By his blood, you're set free. By his blood, you've been redeemed. You've been bought out of the slave market. You're no longer a slave to sin. Tell your body that when it tries to, you're, you're tempted to, to give in. You're no longer under the jurisdictional authority of the devil. When he comes, you just rebuke him in Jesus' name. He said, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I've been brought at you. you know, I don't even listen to you. By his blood, we have a new covenant. A new covenant. Wow. That says that we're going to spend eternity with him. Right here. His blood. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, today we're so thankful that we have a covenant now with the creator of the universe initiated bought and paid for enacted by the highest price that could ever be paid blood your blood now we are heirs and joint heirs with you we've been redeemed set free from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom your kingdom the kingdom of light and so we rejoice today. But let us begin to live like kings and priests and to, to conquer and to rule over and to go forward. Let us live like we are heirs and joint heirs, that what you did, we do, and we go all in. Lord, before we receive this today, I ask that you would just speak to us and help us to just right now think of three people that we'll purpose to talk to this week. Call them up, see how they're doing. Give them an invite to come to church. And Lord, that we would pray every day to be filled with your spirit, that power that gives us the power to be witnesses. And we won't have any excuses. You've given us everything that we need to be witnesses for you. And so every day we're going to purpose to pray that we'd be filled with the spirit. Lord, that we're going to commit right now to be all in. And we can do it. You gave all for us. And Father, we make this decision to be all in for you. Can you do that right now? Can you do that in his presence? Then let's seal it today as we receive this cup. By taking the cup, meant that we were willing to share in that person's suffering and share in all of their, everything that, they, that they're going to, uh, you know, the good and the bad. This morning... Let me just ask you this question. Are you sure today that you are a child of God? If you're not, if you're not sure, maybe you're here and you and you just you don't know if you're going to spend eternity with the Lord. Just can you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Because I'm really not sure that I'm a child of God. I, I really don't have that certainty for eternity. Anybody here? Anybody here? Amen. As they say, is that seat by you saved? Well, how about putting somebody in it and let's get the person that's in the seat saved? How about that? Bring somebody in. Bring somebody. I'm going to pray that you can't sleep at night. If you don't, invite those people. Hey, if I got to be up, <laughs> I'm going to pray you have a restless night. 
thinking about who you need to check on and see how they're doing. Because it says that you'll have rest for your soul. We'll have rest for our soul when we are obedient to it. So if you don't, I'm going to pray. You don't have rest for your soul. How about that? <laughs> Y'all are getting way too serious. Come on, let's stand this, this morning. I'm so glad you came today. I believe this was a crossroads message. And what we do from this point on, when we walk out those doors, what we do is going to determine what we get to experience. Are you hearing me? What you do next, what you do next is really, really important. Praise God. You say, Pastor, why so serious? Don't quote that Batman movie to me. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what the Joker would say. You didn't mean saying that. Why? Hey, you know what? It, because it's some solemn times. People are going to hell. And those that might be saved that are broken, they need somebody. So uh, reach out. Let them know God loves them through you. Can we do that? Let's pray together. Join hands with somebody this morning. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you for the solemnness. Thank you for this message. Lord, we're at the crossroads. Now, you've given to us everything we need. And so help us to do that. Help us just to be obedient and that you'll supply everything we need as we go to be about your business. You love us, but you love those around us. You love the unlovable. You love them and you want them to know that. And you're sending us to tell them it's our job. It's our responsibility now. We're in the church and we're to make known your manifold wisdom, how you can love the unlovable, that you've already paid the price. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we can do something that's going to last for all eternity. Everything else that we're going to do, that whatever it is, <laughs> TV program or whatever, that's just going to last for a little while, but this will last for all eternity by caring for somebody. Lord, lay them up on our hearts now. We want to see, we want to win the lost, we want to develop the saved. Lord, thank you for divine opportunities that are going to come our way as we step out these doors. We give you praise now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. I heard an old me back there. but <laughs> Hey, shake somebody's hand let them know you're glad to worship with them this morning. God bless you.